On this episode of the Career Musician Podcast, we have Jennifer Smith from Rat Dance Party. Now, Jennifer is a music supervisor, and these days, music supervisors are the best friends of us career musicians. Why? Well, listen to this episode, and you'll soon learn if you don't already know. Jennifer specializes in music supervision services for all types of media, including new media, podcasts, live television, scripted and unscripted projects, including documentaries. Jennifer's recent work can be seen in such films as Netflix, Deadly Illusions, Showtime's American Christmas, Amazon's The Transcendence, and Bad Kids Go to Hell, as well as the scripted TV shows on CBS, Why Women Kill, Slut, and Humor Me. You can check out everything that Jennifer is working on at ratdanceparty.com right here on the Career Musician Podcast with yours truly, Nomad. Well, uh, Jennifer Smith, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Career Musician Podcast. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Yes, for sure. So, okay, my wife and I, Lola, we met you. We've seen you uh, speak at a couple different engagements here in L.A., uh, you know, for uh, music licensing, you know, uh, shindigs, if you will, uh, conferences and whatnot. But then, I, I, don't, I don't know, I think, I think you and Lola started connecting online, and one thing led to another, and here we are. Exactly, exactly. I love our community. We all just kind of connect and then it's like you run into people and then you like connect online and Instagram and all that stuff. It's pretty fun. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, it's so interesting because the career musician, our our brand, our our, you know, mission, okay? Everything that we're about is to empower musicians with strategies for a sustainable career, right? Amen. Because, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we all know how fucking hard this business can be <laughs> so. oh yeah it, it's hard for everyone whether you're in front of the camera behind the camera you know playing something it, it's hard for everyone but it's all about sustainability regardless of where you work in the industry and also working together and really champion each other as well that's right that's right so i know as um as a music supervisor you know, you are one of the most sought after people by us crazy musician, <laughs> composer, producer, songwriter, artists, right? Yes. Yes, that is very true. Very, very true. As my emails are like, I turned off my notifications. It's just like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Man, that's nuts. So, okay, typically, we, I definitely want to dive into that and, and find out more about that. And I want to help our listeners understand how they can best present their material to people like yourself as well. Um, so we'll definitely get to that. But something that I always like to start off with, with my guests here, is to find out, you know, how did the music bug bite you? How did you get into music and say, oh, that's it. I'm doing this for my life, if, you know, if it's the last thing I do. Yeah, actually, that's a that's a really good question. So I grew up in um, a music family, not that we're performers, but I was there was always music playing in my house. Mm. So my dad introduced me to a lot of music. My mom introduced me to a lot of music. We didn't have the TV playing in our house. It was always music. So I have been surrounded by music my entire life. And as I got older, of course, I like looked at my parents vinyl and you know, collection and wanted to know about that. And I started reading liner notes and paying attention to like what writers were and producers were and different artists. Mm -hmm. And we had a family friend who used to travel the world and he used to bring back 
different music from around the world. So, you know, um, CDs to cassette tapes to some vinyl from uh, my first my first Madonna record was actually from Russia. When he came back from Russia, he brought back some Madonna music he found in Russia. It was all in English, but technically my first Madonna record came from Russia, which is hilarious. Um, so he used to just, you know, bring back tons of music and we would just kind of go through it. So I just love that. And I was that nerdy kid, like everyone else in the industry that used to make mixtapes, like running to the radio. This this says how old I am, and I'm totally fine with that. Running to the radio and being like, my song's about to play and having to hit record and make a mixtape for your friends and for trips, like family trips. I used to make mixed cassette tapes to take on them. And then as I got older, I would notice like, well, this writer is this and this and started to make the connections. So I think it's just always been part of my DNA. And then as I got older, it kind of morphed into something more. That that's an awesome story. And I love the whole mixtape thing. I remember that too. I used to make yeah. mixtapes. Matter of fact, me and one of my uh, school buddies, I think I guess it was like early high school, we had a little makeshift studio, but we only had a little uh eight track machine or four track cassette player and we were trying yeah, we we're trying to do all yeah oh my gosh you know those with those took hours of love sweat and tears that if you're you know if your sibling destroyed your mixtape it was so horrible because there is no backup people don't realize the art of a real mixtape ah that's a good point they don't there's no like we'll just re-upload it or you know uh the radio playing that new song you had to get on your mixtape for your friend that you were sending for like the summer jams type thing it was like a whole thing it was it was an adventure and, and if we're honest that's what playlists are they that's are, exactly what they are they're mixtapes the modern version of a mixtape right mm-hmm yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so funny uh, because I, you never—I never really thought of it like that until you brought it up. So that's that's mm -hmm. perfect. All right. So and I also love the fact that your Madonna album was from Russia. That's cool. <laughs> I know it, it's 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 so funny. Just he would come visit and just bring tons of music from everywhere. My mom be like, the kids are not listening to that and be like, what's that? And then, you know, of course, parents go to bed and then you find it and listen to it. And you don't understand what language or, you know, there was some like real underground UK music that was like rap that was definitely not appropriate from a six-year-old so, right. but you know you listen to it you're like i have no idea right 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 now i also understand that you're a socal native i am a socal native i am a unicorn or actually yeah. a second generation unicorn okay so my family is from los angeles but we do not work in the entertainment industries so <laughs> i didn't grow up in the entertainment industry but i am a southern california native which I love SoCal. I'm SoCal girl through and through. So I'm just happy that I can still live here. Right, right. So, so tell us about your transition from, you know, growing up school life and then actually getting into the entertainment industry was, did it happen at a young age when you were in high school and say, oh, I, I know exactly that I'm going to be a music supervisor or what was that path like? So I, I actually was a theater person. So, you know, I was a huge, huge theater person. Um, my teacher in high school, I've been to a really great high school um, in Claremont, which is an LA area. My dad was a professor at Claremont McKenna and he taught economics. So we grew up mostly in Claremont. So I went to high school in Claremont and my theater teacher, Mrs. Alhai, who just retired recently, I consider her one of my mentors because she really realized that I had a skill for, as we like to say, behind the camera not so much in front on stage but whether it was you know running the soundboard to doing sound to costumes to directing to producing helping to produce some of the plays she really had an 
eye for those types of skills and gave us that skill set. So I was very involved with theater. So I went to college at Whittier College for on a theater scholarship. But of course, I didn't want to be on stage. So I wanted to more um, scholastic, you know, education. And I didn't even know what a music supervisor was. When I went to college, this wasn't a thing, okay? Like, unless you went to film school, it wasn't in the press. I didn't know this existed. I just always loved music and how it's a character and creates story, character, universe in, in film and TV. But I didn't know about this. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I turned down a job when I graduated because I thought I wanted to work in casting. So I interned at a casting, um, a casting agency during college. Not my jam, not my jam, totally fine. So if, if there's any young listeners, get an internship when you're young to decide if you like something or not. That is my biggest piece of advice. And That's then I kind of fell into this role. I got my first job at Evan Greenspan's company where I worked on Dance with the Stars, America's Best Dance Crew, The Ellen Show back in the day, uh, a bunch of really great productions, HBO. This is about to say how old I am. So we take for advantage, we take advantage of the fact that you can just turn on a TV and stream an old TV show. When I started in the industry, they didn't have streaming. You had to go back and redo all the music for that TV, those TV shows that were on HBO. So I definitely started with old TV to what is considered normal now. So I got you know an experience of both tastes at that company. And I just kind of fell into it. And I would say America's Best Dance Crew gave me my first real big push into it because I caught attention of the producers and they just wanted to pick my brain. That was like a hip hop dance show, you know, young type thing. Great show to work on. One of my favorites of all time. Was that the one that Randy Jackson was an Yeah. Yeah. That was the one Randy Jackson was an executive producer on. Yeah. That that was a good show. to. I think that was a good show to get kind of like your feet wet because um, it was a hard show, very fast paced, but you had to deal with every different situation possible. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I know that's such a weird thing to say. I kind of fell into it or maybe it found me. I found it. It just kind of happened. And from there, my career just kept growing. I took a job at Cobalt when they were in Indy and building out their U.S. team. I call that my master's program, but I missed working with content and creators. So then I came back on this side. But that's why um, music education, especially for musicians, is really important to me because I don't believe in people getting taken advantage of. I believe in education as knowledge. And for you to have a sustainable career, you have to know the business, not only of music, but how content works, because that's the difference. Music supervisors, we uh, technically don't work in the music industry. We work in the film and TV industry who works closely with the music industry. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. So it's really important to understand both sides. And on the flip side, if you're a musician or you're pitching music to people like me, that you understand, you know, you don't have to be an expert, but to understand just basic terminology and how things work, that that will be your your success. And also know your business, like don't get taken advantage of. Mm hmm. And it's very important Then the education's out there. It's kind of up to you to take the education and to use it. So that's why I really love what you are doing on this podcast, because it's about empowering artists and, you know, knowledge is power and this is a business. And I think people forget that. Uh, man, it's so true. Well said. Uh, yes, we are synergistic in, in mm -hmm. philosophical, you know, uh, uh, paths here. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves is that 
musicians oftentimes don't think of it as a business. And look, I understand that a lot of times that you mentioned, uh, oh, it didn't choose me. The guitar chose me. Music chose me. You know, singing, you know, called upon me. And sure, that does happen. But once you decide to pursue it as an actual career, then treat it as such. It's a freaking career. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not playtime just dicking around with you and your buddies, you know. So, again, the, the advocacy that you're bringing from the business side is so important. Let's talk about that because uh, as a musician, I've, I've been on both sides of the fence. I've done union stuff. I've done non-union stuff. What I've noticed is a lot of the – I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. but It's fine. It's fine. It's just us hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the film and TV stuff, sometimes they're like, no, we can't do union because there's too much red tape and all this BS. And then you come over to the other side and sometimes it's like, well, if you're doing a big film date, like I've played on nice films, big films like Mr. and Mrs. Smith are happy. Mm-hmm. Look, that's on the card. That's union stuff. But if you have a song placed in those films, it's different because everything then when you become like an artist, it's all negotiable, it seems like. Right. It depends on how much budget the film has for music. And then, you know, so, yeah, give us more insight into that and the actual ins and outs of the legalities there. Of course. So I think one thing a musician needs to understand is a sync fee is based on the film budget. Right. So that's why I say it's important to understand how stuff works. What does development mean? What does pre-production mean? What does production and post-production mean? Those are just four really simple things that you can understand. Let's go over it real quick. Development. I have a TV show or a film that I'm developing, which either means it's in the in right in the script writing phase, the packaging and producing phase and getting money and pitching to networks and co-production companies to start the project going. Development usually means there's no money. Also, when you see a TV shows in development at ABC, it's within the network and they're working on it. They're doing writer rooms. They're working with their network partners. They're casting. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. As a musician, you are not involved in development. So if you see something on development, like don't reach out. Hey, what are you looking for? Because that's just a sour taste. You don't understand how content works. Development can last from six months to two years to plus. It just depends on the project. Mm. Pre-production means, hey, we got our money. We know where we're going. We have a little bit of an idea. So we're going to plan how we're going to shoot this. So that means doing the line producing. So uh, doing the line producing to the shooting to all of that stuff. Production means we are actually filming, you know, which is great. And post-production is when we start putting the story together in editorial and post-production can last a really long time. That is the most basic, simplistic breakdown ever. There's intricacies in all those different steps, but just as a musician, just understand the basic, basic, basic. Right. That's perfect. Yes. And then, so for a sync fee, all the, it's based on the budget, right? So for example, a lot of people will say like, uh, like I have indie films, like uh, people work on indie films, majors, TV shows, everything. The budget dictates what I have. So if the overall, for example, for the overall budget of say a film is $2 million, that does not mean that the music budget is $2 million. And there's a huge misconception with that. And I am going to say this straight up, if you go on IMDb and you see like someone like, I don't know, Dustin Hoffman or, you know, uh, Dermot Mahoney is, is on a project, that does not mean that there's more money. Just because you see a named actor does not mean when I say my total film budget is $2 million, I only have 
say $2,500 for this spot, I'm not lying to you because one, if this is the music budget type thing. So when you have your total budget, it gets broke down for everything, okay. not just music. So that is something to understand. We Music supervisors do not dictate the music budget. I would love to give you $10,000 for something, but like real talk, I don't have it. And to be completely honest, a music supervisor is not going to get paid $10,000. I mean, if you get lucky on an indie, yeah. But like, you know, that's just the realism of, of the industry. So, so those are things to keep in mind. I know I'm kind of going on a tangent slash my little rant so people understand. No, that it, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone's like, hey, I only have $2,500 for this spot. One, we're not lying to you. Two, we don't think less of your intellectual property or your music. See, you said the IP word. I'm always screaming IP because people don't realize that is your mm -hmm. that's your golden nugget. It's your intellectual property. Mm -hmm. oh, I love that. And not to mention the fact that supply far outweighs demand at this mm -hmm. point. I, I, yeah, I was about to say that. I mean, from when I started in the music industry, I mean, yeah, or just working with content, yeah. things have changed a lot. The supply was not as big sure. as it was. As it is now, I mean, like I said earlier, my emails go up and up and up and there's new companies launching every day. There's people making new music every day. Like no disrespect to anyone's art, but one, I don't wait for any music. I can easily replace you. That's and two, like, so, you know, this, this is like, don't wait. If you get an email, read the email. What are they asking for? you know, get back to them and be straight up, like make sure your metadata is correct because that is your business card. Like with, you know, we get tons of music every day. Things get added to my library that I probably have not listened to. I have great examples of that, finding it in my music library that I put onto a project where the person sent me the song a year before, never listened to it, was in a crunch doing a search, typed in some tag words. It popped up because their metadata was correct. They tagged their music correct. It went to the top of my list I emailed them because they had their contact information and metadata. What is up with people not putting their contact information metadata drives me insane. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they had a sync request. They got back to me in 15 minutes and the rest is history. Uh, oh, see now, now you, you're now we're cooking with grease. You're yeah. sauce, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is just real life. Like I don't have time to wait around for people. I'm dealing with things. It's not just the music. I mean, people have this, have this misconception. Music supervisors listen to music all day. That is not what we do. We, it is a very intricate job. You're dealing with business, creative politics. You have mandates, mm. you have, People with a thousand opinions, you have to, you know, appear to your showrunner, to the network, to the production company. You're watching cuts. Things don't clear. You have alts. You have budgets. You deal with union stuff. Oh, we can't use that song because the union fees $15,000. Yeah, we can't afford that. We got to replace it. We have to deal with musicians on camera. We have to deal with pre-records. We have to deal with rehearsals. We have to deal with choreographers. We have to deal with the list goes on and on and on and on and on. So this is why people can't get back to you every email you send or listen to music 24-7. That's I'm sorry. Like, there's nothing personal. You can send me an email. And if I don't respond, I'm not a horrible person. I am a human. Please be a human. I treat you like a human. Please treat me like a human. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. 
Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Well said, <laughs> sister. That was yeah. that was good. That was good. Okay, uh, I, there's a lot to unpack there. I, I, I know, I know. Sorry, I just like it's just oh. like bombing it. <laughs> oh, it's great. I love it because this is, again, uh, one of my pet peeves with musicians not treating what they do as a, as a real sound business. So, okay, a couple things. Um, first thing I want to say is let's talk about communication. Mm -hmm. uh, when this thing called ghosting, right, started, oh, he ghosted me, she ghosted me, they ghosted me. Okay, first of all, WTF, ghosting should not even be a part of your vocabulary realm. You know, if you're not interested in something, I don't care if it's a gig or if it's, yeah, I don't care if you're even, let's say you're successful. Let's say you made a couple million bucks, you're doing good, you got your nice house in the hills, now you're happy, blah, blah, blah. And somebody says, yeah, you know, would you like to be a part of this? Don't ghost them if you're not interested. Just respond. Say, you know what? Thank you so much. I don't think it's right for me at this time, okay? That's at the high tier. But now let's bring it down for all the low tiers beyond that, which are more common. If somebody calls you for a gig, hey, man, I got a gig, 50 bucks you know, but yeah, we'll get something to eat, we'll get a beer, whatever. You know what? Even if you don't want to do it, just respond. Just say, hey, you know, I'm so sorry I can't make it, but thank you for thinking of me. And the reason why I say that is because it's similar to what you're talking about. If Jennifer puts out a, a, a blast that says, look, I'm looking for XYZ type music, hit me back. If you're lucky enough to be on, on your list, of, of your short list of people who you, you know, reach out to, you better respond and you better respond, you know, methodically, uh, uh, you know, courtesy and, and, you know, professionally and get all the all the items that you want. That's number one. Number two, when you said something about metadata. So we have to break down some terminology for those listeners who might not know. Sync, S-Y-N-C. I've seen it with an H. Sometimes they put the yeah, H. Sometimes, you know, either way, either yeah. way. It's just so short for synchronization, which means you take the music and you sync it up to the picture, right? So, yeah. so when Jennifer says that, that's what she's talking about. IP, we already talked about. Licensing, you're licensing the music that you created to be able to put it to in this film or this project, this TV show, et cetera. So again, 
all of that information is in the metadata as far as, far as it relates to your songs, the, the genres, the styles, the, this and that, the instruments played. Let's talk about that. I know I just said three things. So the first thing I said was communication. <laughs> uh, and I, I just ended up on metadata. And then the other thing was, I forgot. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's talk about communication. You know, yeah. uh, yes. if you, it's okay if you don't have anything for a brief. You want to send the, your, best, your best songs forward that fit the brief. It's okay if you don't have something. I've had people email me and say, hey, Jen, I have nothing. I'm still going to come back to you. But if you, you know, for example, if I'm like, hey, I'm looking for a dark pop a la, you know, Ali and AJ, and you send me an Imagine Dragons song or a country song or a holiday song, like, you realize I'm not going to email you again because that's not what I asked for. Man. But it does happen. Like, check out my new single, and I'm like, doesn't really fit what I was asking for, but not relevant. okay, not relevant. Um, and just to remember, like we're working really quick, right? So a lot of times it's the luck of the draw. Like as I'm listening and, you know, all of a sudden my deadline got pushed up because I have my music editor saying, hey, Jen, you remember when I said you had till four? Well, I actually need this in, you know, 15 minutes. Whatever came in 15 minutes, if whatever I like, I throw it in my music editor. So like really look at the brief, make sure it fits. Send your top choices. It could be one. Like you could have one strong song. One strong song is great. Mm -hmm. You know, send it back. Make sure your metadata is in there. Also, make sure your business is buttoned up. That's another thing why things don't get placed, is your business is not buttoned up. Are your songs registered with the PROs? Also, please put your contact information with your ASCAP BMI stuff. I can't tell you how many times it's like registered, but there's no contact info. I'm like, not helpful. Number two, make sure your, your stuff is figured out with your co-writers. Did you use a sample? Okay. Well, hello. A cover does not mean one stop. Okay. Does not mean one stop. Figure out who has the publishing on that. You know, P.S. The Beatles don't clear. So don't send me Beatle covers. I don't care how cool they are. Not interested. Um, <laughs> just to be completely honest or Michael Jackson, not going to happen. My wife and I found that out the hard way when we did a Pink Floyd cover and everybody, Another one. Yeah, they're like, look guys, we can't touch Pink Floyd. Your shit sounds dope, but we can't use it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do your research. If you're doing a covers project, go see what songs clear, email the publishers and say, do you guys have a cover list? Right. You know, they'll, they'll send it to you of things that clear for film and TV. And, uh, here's a little secret. They're always looking for new covers. So then you can email them your cover with your metadata and your contact information and their sync department can pitch your cover because they represent the publishing. And then obviously you would clear the master. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So a lot, a, a lot of terminologies that we have to break down and listen, if anybody's listening that you, you're not familiar, you know, look it up, start doing your, your Google searches and, and start doing your homework. But mm -hmm. the basics of this, the PRO performing rights organization, ASCAP, BMI, CSAC here in the United States, they're going to help you get your songs, all the publishing. They're going to help you get paid on that. They're mm -hmm. going to track of all that. So that's what Jen's referring to. And they don't represent your synchronization rights. Mm -hmm. So when I say I need to clear this song and you say, oh, I'm through ASCAP, that's not relevant. ASCAP and BMI collect your performing rights organization. So every time you watch a TV show, there's back-end money that they collect that they send. No, I do not send a check for that. That is through your performing rights organizations. Please don't ask me. Can you right. tell it's happened? <laughs> but let's talk about the difference between the back end and the sync fees that usually that you do deal with. 
Okay, so sync fees are saying, hey, I love your song in, say, let's use Why Women Kill because I, you know, that show's airing of mine right now. So let's say, obviously, you know, let's say I want to use your song for Why Women Kill. So I would reach out and say, hey, I'm really interested in licensing your song for this scene and this show. And basically the song would live within the show in perpetuity. I'm not asking for your intellectual property. I'm not taking any way anything from you. I'm giving you money to license your song in my scene. That's right. So that's how that works. And it's an upfront fee. So if it's like, I'm just making up a number right now, say it was like $7,000. So for $7,000, I will give you well, the show, not me personally, the show will give you $7,000 to license your song. Yeah. type thing. You only get paid though if the song is used. So you can get a quote request on something. A quote request is a letter that a music supervisor or a clearance person will send you saying, this is the show, this is the network, this is where it's going to be, these are the rights we need, here are the fees, here are the uses. That is called a quote request and it's basically asking for permission. We can't put that song in the cut until we get permission. So if you're just sitting around being like, oh, I think I can get more money for this because you know this is a show on CBS and blah, 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 blah. Like that. One, again, not a thing. I'm not going to wait for you because uh, another thing to think about, if I have to replace a song, I probably sent out five different quote requests to see what comes in fastest, especially if I'm on a crunch. That's right. So that's also why it's important to make sure that stuff is. And for your business buttoned up, you know, make sure you actually own the rights to your songs and who has the master recording, like figure out all your stuff when you create your music about like, okay, for sync, who has sync rights, like get your business buttoned up. You shouldn't be sending any music to music supervisors that the business is buttoned up. We don't need demos. We don't want demos. Don't send me a demo. Don't send me a SoundCloud link. I can't do anything with a SoundCloud link. You know, do your research to see what you need to do to reach out to music supervisors. Also think about it this way. An email is an introduction to who you are as a person. Do I want to do business with you? Because here's something to think about on the flip side. You're talking about your business. I'm talking about mine and my career, just like you talk about your career. I have worked over, I I just realized this the other day, by the way, I have worked in this business doing what I'm doing for 15 years. Wow. Congrats. Thank you. I just realized that yesterday. I was like, Oh Lord, time flies. But those relationships that I have really built, I am not going to sacrifice because if I say, yes, this person cleared the song, the song is cleared, there's no shenanigans, um, that's, you know, that's for my production company and my producer. I'm not going to put them in a liable lawsuit situation because your co-writer, you actually didn't have your stuff figured out because it also looks bad on me that if something bad were to happen, I'm the one that gets blamed, FYI. And which means I lose my relationship that took me 10 years to get there. So if I've never worked with you, if I don't know you, your music might be great, but I need to feel you out and get to know you because this this entire business is a trust business. And it's all based on relationships and contacts. That's right. And, and it's exactly the same for the music business. You mm-hmm. know, if I refer a musician for a gig and they screw up or they're, they're unreliable, or irresponsible, it just reflects poorly on me. So uh, again, I know Jennifer and I both sound a little redundant, but what we're trying to tell the listeners here, here is, you know, 
I'm sorry, but in a lot of the sense, grow up and do your business, do your homework, and don't put it on somebody else. And yes, you're going to make mistakes. We all, I still make mistakes. And by the way, I've been, I've been doing this almost 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, I still, we all make mistakes, and I understand that. We're not scolding you if you make a mistake, but what we are scolding you for is preliminary and not thinking in the preemptive context. Do your homework. Go out there and make sure you have all your, your, your I's dotted and your T's crossed. Now, you said a couple things, and it just came back to me. So, number one, you're not special. Oh, Jennifer, why do you got to make everybody feel like they're not special? So, <laughs> Well, that was not my intention. But what I mean by your, I mean, can you tell I work with a lot of producers a lot who are like. <laughs> you tell what, yeah, tell us what you mean, because I know exactly what you mean. Yes. So, th there's this old. I, I like to call it a music, uh, this is more of a music industry, wives' tale. Um, I mean, I did work on the publisher label side, so I have a lot of experience working with managers and musicians and artists and all that. That's why I care about education so much, because I want to make sure they're taken care of, because I've seen some really nasty things that I don't like. And to create change is by creating education, So and to make it available. That's right. Uh, so when I say you're not special, I'm not saying that you're actually not special. What I'm saying is there's this mentality because a music supervisor asked for your song that you have the power. And so you're saying, okay, I'm going to wait because, okay, she came in at $5,000, but you know what? I saw that, you know, um, I don't know, Hugh Jackman was on this project. So I know I can get $20,000, right? So I'm just going to sit and wait and wait and like, you know, and, and that's what I mean by you're not special, right? Uh -huh. So it's it's a very different, you know, thing. We have to work together. That's right. Film and TV, I'm speaking on a film and TV front, you know, for music, for content. We have to be able to work with you, right? And you need you need to work with us because this is your career. It's an avenue of income, a revenue of income, marketing, you know, relationship building, especially, you know, if you know, I can't tell you how many times I've worked with, you know, artists to to license their music. And then I found out they're interested in getting into composing. So then I was like, oh, my God, I love working with you. I would love to talk to you about how can I help you? Can I make an introduction for you? Right. That is relationship building mm -hmm. because those people, you know, I can trust if I recommend them for a gig. One, I know they can do the job. And two, they're not going to make me look bad because that's my relationship. And I'm willing to share that relationship with that person. Right. So really, when I say you're not special is, okay, let's give a perfect example. I need to replace, I hate using Imagine Dragons, but I feel like that thing never dies. Um, you know, Imagine Dragon thing. I could go on Spotify right now and probably find about 15,000 tracks that could fit that one spot that I need. Well, I need you to say that again, because everybody needs to realize. <laughs> 15,000, yeah. she said. Yeah, I mean, I could just pull up Spotify and I could just like type in something or even in my disco because there's so much music. OK, I need these types of drums. I need this type of vocal. I need this type of thing. You know, there's a lot of amazing artists, amazing songs out there. So how do you close the deal? You close the deal. One, obviously, the music has to work for the scene, because here's another thing that musicians don't realize. Um, in content. The music has to bend to the picture. The picture does not bend to the music. 
if the music cannot bend to the picture, that is also a reason why I have to replace the song sometimes, which breaks my heart. Cause I'm like, this is so perfect, but it's not exactly like hitting exactly right. Mm-hmm. I have to replace it because they're not going to, the editor's not going to change the picture around a song. That's just right. not how it's done. Mm-hmm. Cause that's called a composer. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay, I love that. So, um, by the way, resources for those listening, uh, Jennifer mentioned Disco, and I was going to bring that up as well, disco.ac. If you're not familiar with it, go there. It's how you can organize your catalog, your music catalog, your whole entire body of work, all of your IP in one convenient place, and it's really popular with music supervisors, and like Jennifer mentioned, we're talking about metadata. It enables you to embed all the metadata in each file, uh, which, Jennifer, I wanted to ask you about it now, you know, if you don't mind. Yeah. Oh, I don't mind. I, you know. So how, how do you like to see your metadata? Well, one, I need the song title. I need the artist, not song title dash artist. Mm-hmm. Like in your metadata, it says song title. Then it says artist. Put the writers in there. So, you know, if it's one stop, one stop means I own it 100% both sides. Again, a cover, a sample. If you have a co-writer, like, you know, unless you have a deal with your co-writer, that's your business. I don't know. I don't need to see your deal. Um, put that in there. Put your information like, hi, how about an email and a phone number in the comment section? You'd be amazed. Some people forget about their emails in there. Um, also, you know, any keywords like when you think of your music what do you think of and don't use the word like cool right that is such a generic thing and it doesn't really mean anything (laughs) so start to listen like when you're watching tv what things pop up with that music if you say oh my gosh my music's so great for you know uh, i mean the show's not on the air was you know done but insecure right Mm -hmm. insecure you know i love insecure i feel like my music would be really good for that type of show what makes your music really great and if you're like oh this is a song about friendships right friendship we always need togetherness like learn what those keywords are there's tons of resources online that are free Mm -hmm. that you can go find what those keyword tags are you know i'm just like looking at my thing like you know uh you know uh just like you know bright or you know swagger you know you know those types of like learn what those kind of keywords are to describe your music and don't use a tag that's not your thing like for example if you're a singer songwriter with a guitar and you like and it's you know kind of mellow and beautiful might be good for like you know a this is us moment or something don't tag it swagger that doesn't mean you're going to get more placements p.s so like be realistic with yourself what is your brand what does your music say what does the song say because each song will have different tags so you have your name of your song your artist the writers who owns it so for example if it's you know uh, i wrote a song with so and so then put your co-writer's email in, in the comment section because that will help you get the song placed this is not withholding information you know, because if I have 10 minutes to clear this song and I have to email you and you don't get back to me for seven, am I going to get hear back from your co-writer in time? Right. But that being said, the other thing is be careful who you write with. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to write with somebody who doesn't have their business buttoned up, I love that term, by the way, uh, then they're only going to be detrimental to your, to your mm-hmm. uh, career in, in, in so many ways. This is Jennifer Smith from Rat Dance Party, and you're listening to The Career Musician with my best friend, Nomad. 
Help us continue to provide you with new and engaging content by getting our ratings up. Please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow The Career Musician on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on the latest news and tips from the world's leading musicians. Right, right. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Okay, so so we covered a lot. You talked about metadata and and publishing and owning the rights we talked about communication uh, i want to talk about you a little bit more in depth so oh. uh, first of all thank you for sharing all that knowledge because you are absolutely right change happens by by being informed and mm -hmm. you can start to make things happen uh so first of all a board member of the guild of music supervisors yes for those people who don't know what the guild of music supervisors is you know just talk about that for a second yeah, so the Guild of Music, Music Supervisors, we are the Guild. It's a community of professionals. So um, what's really great about it's, it's it's our community, and we are there for different things from, you know, we have a ton of education workshops to really, you know, speaking out for our, com our community as well. And if you, if, even if you're not a music supervisor, you can still join as a friend of the guild. It's a great way to start, you know, to meet other, you, you know, meet other writers and artists and supervisors to start building those relationships. Don't be pushy on the music, though. Don't be like, hi, my name is so-and-so. Here's my music. Like, don't be pushy. Be a human. Be a human, everyone. Just say hello. Be a human. You know, it's a really great community as well. It's a nonprofit organization. I'm on the board of the Guild. Um, I was just elected by our community. I'm the newest member. So I was elected last year, Hi. which is exciting when you, um, thank you, when your fellow music supervisors uh, elect you to be a, represent, a representative and a leader for the community is honestly one of the most, I would say, humbling experiences of my life to really you know, when people see like, yes, I want you to, you know, be a face, be an advocate, you know, help our community, not just right now, but like advocate for the future as well, which, right. you know, pay equality is a big thing I'm all about is pay equality. So because music supervisors are severely underpaid. And you need to make a living too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we are, I would say we are, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. PAs make more than us. We are department heads that are not, pay <clears throat> excuse me, paid like department heads. Mm. So, and I think it's something we need to talk about more to get out there. Again, that's when I say like, hey, this is all the money we have. And you're like, I want $10,000. And I'm like, yeah, I'm on this project for a year. And you're asking for no. Yeah. <laughs> like, Within three seconds, yes or no, because I need to move on. and get my Yeah, yeah. You know, and P.S. Like, if you can't work within my budget, don't pitch your music to me on my budget. Amen. It's not that hard. Amen. Love it. Um, yeah. So the board is a really great thing. If you want to learn more about the guilds, you can go to the website. Um, just type in Google uh, Google Guild of M Music Supervisors, and it will come up. You'll see like the definition of a music supervisor. You'll see the great educational um, benefits we have. There's a bunch of resources. One thing that I was really um, proud of, especially during the pandemic, was organizing, helping to organize with another group of committee, another committee, um, fellow committee members about getting the resources so music supervisors had information on how to collect unemployment because we're freelancers mm. giving you know hooking them up with different resources about different um services that were out there that pe if people need help that they know where to go 
That's so right. that was a really, really big push that I did during the pandemic was to make sure those resources were available on the site. They were emailed to our members that, you know, we have your back. We we can help you. That's, a, that's a great resource. So Guild mm -hmm. of advisors.com uh, i believe you can go there so thank you for sharing and that is an amazing resource now uh, like you mentioned you mentioned most of this uh, you were the senior manager of sync over at Col cobalt music publishing i almost uh, signed a deal with cobalt music publishing back in like 2006 or 7 uh of course i wished it would have happened but it didn't happen so uh but i think that's a great company and like you said they started off indie now they're massive yeah i started when they were an indie and then i left when they were a major so you know i got to experience the indie life all the way to the major life mm -hmm. and uh yeah i'm laughing when you said 2007 i was you know working on dancing with the stars and stuff so it was before oh. my cobalt days like we just missed each other <laughs> we did we did we did so uh that's a, that's an amazing experience because like you said i love also earlier on you said intern when if you know you want to go into an area just become an intern make yourself available and you're going to learn as you know i always say uh, eyes and ears wide open mouth shut you know yes yes you know there's there's also there's a lot of really great they didn't have this when we were coming up in the industry a lot of really great intern programs and um and other programs um back to the guild we just started a mentorship program um unfortunately applications are closed but keep an eye out for that if you are interested about music supervision or aspiring music supervisor unfortunately it's not open to musicians unless you are interested in making the jump to a different career path but you know check out those things there's a lot of really great mentorships out there and you know also for musicians as well um, working at recording studios, you know, internships at publishers and labels, like really get into that because it's all about contacts. Um, it's also about experience and an internship is an experience. That's right. That's right. You know, there's a term that my wife and I talk about it all the time. She used to have one sitting on her desk, as did I. It's called a Rolodex. <laughs> you remember Nowadays, that. people call it my contacts in my phone. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But it, you said it earlier. It's all about the relationships. And another thing I love that you said is be human. You keep saying that. And that's I know. Awesome. I love it because it's like, look, I can't stand. I say that about the musicians all the time. Uh, I have. I had a guy used to, hey, man. So, uh, yeah, I'm working on this. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So what are you doing? Are you still over at blah, blah, blah? Are you doing? And I'm like, bro, I'm like, it's freaking seven o'clock in the morning. We're dropping our kids off at school. I'm having a cup of coffee. Can you chill? Can you not be up my ass about who you're working with right now? I could give to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And when I say be a human, you know, we were talking about ghosting earlier. Um, right. Like I said, music supervisors if we don't email you back it's not because we're mean it's not because we're ghosting you it's we are humans there's only so many hours in the day we all work really hard also you know i'm i'm, I'm actually not going to apologize for this time with my husband is more important than your email right Amen. now yes and it's circumstantial whatever and you're it, doing with. yeah i mean we all work on different projects. I don't just do one types of thing because the music that I use or look for or clear or, you know, get, you know, created or whatever is based on the project I'm working. My personal, my personal taste in music has nothing to do with my job, to be completely honest. Right, right. Like I work on projects all the time. But is it my personal taste? No. Do I kick ass? Heck yeah. Yes. You know, I leave my, I leave my opinions at the door because I'm there to serve the vision of the project. It's not about me. Oh, I love. Really, not about me. 
That's and that's the musician's creed as well. When we get hired to do a session or a yeah. game, they don't care if we like the music. You, you keep your mouth shut. You play it. You smile. You do your best. You crush the gig, and you're going to get paid. Period. Yeah. You yeah. know, and do your research. You know, learn about the type of music you're. Oh, that's my favorite part of my job, like picking up things that maybe uh, I didn't know as much about. Because when someone says, "Oh, I know everything," you're lying. No. Let's be real, you're lying. Um, you know, on Why Women Kill, I did extensive amounts of research on 20s, 30s, and 40s music. Not just like the stuff I knew, which is just like the normal stuff. Is I did extensive music research, writers, artists. Um, what was going on historically and in different parts of the country, because that was all relevant to everything. So that's like the research part is one of my favorite parts of the job because you really dive in and then you get to really listen and learn and expand your mind and be like, oh, I didn't know about that. Like, how did I not know that? Or it's just it's such a really fun part of my job that I think a lot of people don't talk about as much. They're just like, oh, yeah, I have to do this. And I'm like, no, no, no. I love that part of the job, especially you know, just trying to figure out stuff, wrap my head around it. What are we talking about? What is this character? Because part of my job is, you know, music is a character. So we have to enhance something, whether it's the environment, a character's relationship. We also need to give a time period. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't be, you know, unless there's like a narrator can't be like, this takes place in the 40s or this takes place during the war. I mean, there's certain things that you need to portray through music that is a lot of back history in a two minute scene. That's right. Okay, we have a flashback to the 20s. Besides like costumes, there's other things that pop in there, which is music that mm -hmm. says, oh, this is 20s music. Oh, this is definitely after World War II because everyone's really happy. Also listen to this different tone versus during the war before. Like, you know, it's, it's you know, I know World War II was not in the 20s, but you know what I mean? It's like, Absolutely. Yeah. but uh, yeah. So it's just like, that's part of my job that I freaking love. So that's why when people say, oh, can it like, does it have to be authentic? I'm going to be like, you, I mean, this is audio. You can't see me glaring. But again, yeah. read what the person's asking you. There are some projects that you can create a universe that's non-authentic. But if a, if a music supervisor is saying, I need to know this song was created in, you know, before this time period, that's not just that's not a snooty thing to say because there are things about how music was created during that time period that's not nowadays, right? right. Let's take hip hop for example. Let's just talk about hip hop real quick. Modern hip hop sounds very different than hip hop in the nineties and the eighties. Eighties, that's seventies. That's right. Right? So when I say, Oh yeah, I'm looking for, you know, something that's like eighties hip hop and you're sending me something that is modern. It's yeah. not going to work because immediately I know through the vocal tone and the instruments, instruments and in air quotes, yeah. or, you know, program that you created it now. Yeah. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to music and go really, really listen to how people talk, how things were recorded, what was being used. Uh, well, now, now you're talking about more of my pet peeves. If you don't know what Jennifer's talking about, then you're not ready to get your music synced. So go home and shut up and practice. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. If you don't know the difference between 80s hip hop and Kendrick Lamar, then you have some studying to do, son. So get in there, get in the lab and figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My favorite is like, no, it's totally 80s. And I'm like, um, no, it's not. And they're like, no, it totally is. And I was like, yeah, I can tell in the first two seconds. Right. It's right. not actually doing that. And there's some really great um, musicians out there that actually record the same way 
as how 80s hip hop was recorded. And it sounds authentic because they know what makes authentic music. I was just going to say, that's why we still have an MPC here at the mm -hmm. studio, drum machine, an old uh, four-track cassette recorder. You know, you got to have the tools. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the tool, especially if you want for sync. And if you're an artist and you're like, this is my artist project, stick with your artist project. Don't try to be like, oh, this would be great for like, everyone has different goals in their career and with their art. What is your goal? Make a decision. Okay. That's you know, right. and then don't don't yell at music supervisors. They never email me back or they didn't use my music. And I'm just going to tell you this. Things fall out of the edit all the time. And trust me, we're stressed. We cry. You know, there was a really great song use in, you know, Why Women Kill that was so close. And I loved it. Everyone loved it. And it just fell out at the last second. Yes, I actually did cry because I worked really hard on that. And it looked fantastic, sound fantastic. It just didn't work out. You know, it has nothing to do with the song. It has nothing to do. Like I said, there's the powers that be that you know there's tons of different things and different opinions and different goals and it's not our decision yeah yeah absolutely so again it's part of the human factor and it's circumstantial and it's not it's not nothing personal it's nothing you did or didn't do exactly so you beat me to the punch several times i must oh, i'm sorry i do that no, no, no i must confess about this why women kill i keep seeing the damn uh graphic title cards pop up in my amazon prime thing and i'm always like i gotta i gotta check that out i gotta check that out but it's another subscription i have like 39 subscriptions already so to, <laughs> i'm trying to like do i need to add paramount plus but apparently i do now yes now i'm gonna have 40 subscriptions i know it's so crazy with all the subscriptions but actually paramount plus is really good because they have all the tv shows we normally watch are going off them and yeah yeah, yeah. it looks like know. and you're a sports guy so you get sports too so there you go and it looks like every time i see a little uh mini trailer for why women kill it looks super cool i'm like i gotta check that out so. yeah it's, it's really good i i mean i'm a little biased because i worked on it but actually i loved working on this show i laughed every time every cut i was still laughing i was still enjoying it which is pretty rare considering how often you read scripts and the rewrites and the different edits that you're watching you know it's you know i probably have seen episode one like 40 different ways wow you know because there's edits and pickups and things just don't work in the edit and you know it's it was a really fun show to work on really challenging but really fun and i really enjoyed it and i'm really i'm really proud of the show and the end product and the team and just you know it, it takes it takes a village to create content and mm -hmm. especially during this was all shot during covid too so it was an extra layer of difficulty not not just like on one front for every department so now much like actors excuse me for a show and from a series from season to season are your contracts negotiable so in other words if you started with the show from inception are you are you guaranteed to stay on for the following seasons or does it kind of you know does it come up again and you have to renegotiate each each new season I think it just depends on the show and the production company, to be honest, just like anything else. It's, sure. Sure. you know, e each, each project's unique and different, just like anything else. So. Right. 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 Now I also noticed that you've worked in clearance. Like, uh, I think you mentioned it for Paramount and ABC. Uh, so you have the publishing experience, you have the music clearance experience, and then something else that uh, popped up that we were talking about doing some research VP of production at Scriptly. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, tell us about that. That sounds like a whole unique, uh, perspective. So I, you know, I'm a giant media, you know, 
person. Um, I love media. I love content. I love storytelling. So podcast is a great way to storytell. So Scripty is a brand new podcast company that just launched. Um, and we do basically it's we created a company was created by Hollywood executives where we create content that is kind of like development where, you know, if you want to develop it out for TV or film. So our first scripted podcast is called Free to Fall. We did it with Marseille Martin and Genius Entertainment. That is her production company. Mm. And um, we're in post for that currently. And it's based off the off the book Free to Fall. So it's it's a it's a young adult novel uh, that we turned into six episodes. It's not the whole book. It's just a little small portion inspired by. And yeah, it was it's it's in post right now. It's going really great. I can't wait for it to come out. It's sounding fantastic. Talking about music and audio in different media is like a podcast is completely different than film and TV. Mm. So when people say, oh, my music works for podcast. I'm like, does it? Because that's an entirely different thing because it's an audio only media versus a visual component. That's right. So that's been really fun for me is also working with music in an audio only storytelling perspective as well, as well as like producing it, working with our sound designer to create the universe as well. Yes, I am a woman who loves audio. I'm a little bit of an audio snob, a little bit of an audio nerd, and I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay, so it sounds like that's something like a new project on the horizon that you're working on then? Yeah, it should come out this year. We're just, we're in post right now. So, you know, podcast posts takes a little bit. I mean, everyone knows, you know, like Homecoming started as a podcast and it turned into a major TV show. If you read Deadline and Variety, left and right, all the things coming out of podcasts, you know, The Shrink Next Door was a podcast. Wow. that you know was created into a tv show yeah. you know podcast is the future and a lot of people don't understand this i will tell you this for musicians out there currently as of uh what is today today is june 30th 2021 major publishers and labels will not license music at pot for podcasts so if you have a deal with a major label or publisher do not be pitching your music for podcasts because they will not it's too much of a new media for them to work with you however if you're 100 percent independent this is a great new a great new way to get your music out there that's different so i'm just throwing that out there hey folks stefan shirazi and renee richardson here from the metallica report and we are proud members of the pantheon podcast family where the best of music and podcasts unite We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, Rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. That's perfect. So, I mean, that's brilliant. Great information, great resources, great knowledge here with Jennifer, Jennifer Smith. Before I let you go, I want to touch on a couple other things real quick. Uh, number one, I love asking this question. Uh, I know it's, you know, there's so many different ways we can look at this, but each, each uh, perspective is unique. That's why I love asking it over and over again. How do you define success? Ooh, take a beat there. Mm. I define success as something that I'm proud of. 
So success isn't money. Success isn't status. Success is looking back and saying, you know, when, you know, let's get morbid for a second. I'm on my deathbed and I look back at my life. Success is what I accomplished. What legacy did I leave? Legacy doesn't have to be money. Legacy doesn't have to be I started a uh, studio. Legacy is what changes that you gave to your community that were the things to move things forward for the betterment of people. That's how I define success. I love that. I love that. That is fantastic. And on that note, any words of wisdom that you would have for career musicians out there who are more than just a musician, they're composers, producers, songwriters, artists, any words of wisdom or ideas that you would say, hey, if you want to get in touch with me or people like me, other music supervisors, this is what you need to do. Building a relationship, right? You know, um, like I said, be authentic, be a human. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've built relationships with people and they don't, they don't push, don't be pushy, you know, create an authentic relationship. Hi, my name is, oh, I really like that too. Oh, I really loved this. You know, it, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. And that's what I think people don't realize that not just placement, but also relationships are a marathon and a sprint, not a sprint. So you just have to let things organically grow. And I know right now everyone's hurting. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest about that. I, I know, you know, you're not the only one. Everyone is. Yeah. And I get your, de you know, feeling desperate and being a little pushy because you want to get a sink so you can, you know, pay your rent. I totally get that. You know, we wish we could give you all the money in the world. We wish things came out faster. Content takes a long time yeah. to come out. It takes a long time to move forward. Things are slowly opening more and shooting, you know, mm -hmm. maybe in 2022 we'll have posts more. So, you know, it just... I know it's hard right now. Just be patient. Take this time to educate yourself so you can come out with a bang. Work on, you know, those relationships right now. Mm -hmm. Reach out to people. Also understand everyone's in their own situation in their own boat. So some people are not willing to talk to people right now if they don't know you because they might be going through something that you just don't know. So be kind to each other. Just just be kind right now. I think that's all we can do is just be kind. I love that message. You've said it a couple times, and I really appreciate that because I, I, I truly believe that. It's so important. All right, before we wrap, two things. First of all, I want to know a day in the life of Jennifer Smith. Oh, Lord. You wake up, then what happens? Oh, I wake up. I make some coffee if my husband has not made coffee. Um, we have two pet rats, so Rat Dance Party, the name of my music supervision company, is I picked a name authentically me. So I grew up having pet rats. It's a SoCal thing. It's fine. We can talk about it offline all you want. Um, if you're curious, you can check out my Instagram, Rat Dance Party. Tons of cute pictures of them. Enjoy. So I always say hello to them. And we have a dance party where we just put on music and get the day moving. I've been doing it since I was five. And so that's why I named myself a company Rat Dance Party with something authentically me. I was going to ask you because that's how I was going to wrap this up with yeah. ratdanceparty.com. That's your company, yeah. your URL, that's everything you do. So, wow, you just legitimized that. That is what you do. That is what I do. Like, I, I am the crazy rat lady, which I'm totally fine with. And it's I named my company authentically me when I was like, all right, I'm going on my own. I'm creating my own my own empire, my own story, that's not right. to other people. I was like, I need to do, name this something that's authentically me. So everyone knows when they contact me, they're going to know she's a little quirky. She's a little edgy. It just, 
It's a great introduction. Welcome to Rat Dance Party. That's so awesome. we start our morning, and no, I will never be posting videos of me and the rats dancing. People have asked. That is my private time, my ritual. It's never going to happen. That's Even if I do a doc about myself, never going to happen. So <laughs> yeah, I love so, that. Yeah, so that is a big part of my day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I just get my day moving and every day in, in every music supervisor's life is different between meetings and listening and recording and reading and I said reading twice but um, emails, 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 phone calls, phone calls, meetings, meetings, sending out requests, trying to figure out the budget, you know, doing licensing and cue sheets. I am so blessed for my coordinator because, you know, she always... She actually, I do want to share this something today that's funny. She said to me, she said, a music supervisor's job is to get shit done. The coordinator's job is to make sure the music supervisor doesn't have a meltdown. <laughs> and I totally agree with her because we are working on behind the music right now. And I am so grateful for her. She is fantastic. And I will totally agree with that, especially when you're working on some crazy fast paced shows. So, well, I love it. What's her name? Her name's Sarah Brockman. Um, she also, yeah, yeah. Shout Sarah, out to her, yes. Yeah, shout out to Sarah Brockman. So you know. <laughs> I love it, and and same way, same here. Everything that we do here at the Career Musician, we have a team, and Eric G is my right hand man. He keeps me from having those meltdowns. So we all need that, you know, that operations manager to keep the ship sailing, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's very important. It's very very important. It is. it is. All right, and then before we go, are you ready? Yes. For some rapid fire questions. Oh, Lord. Hang on a second. Let me grab some coffee. Sip a coffee real quick. <laughs> is it coffee or is it whiskey? <laughs> it's COVID. It's in a cup. You don't know. You don't know. I like mm. it. All right. Let's do this. All right. Here we go. Favorite decade of music. My gosh, that's really hard. I, I wish you could see this. She just stared blankly at me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would say you have to say 80s or 90s. 80s I, or 90s. Yeah. Top three artists in your current playlists for pleasure, not for work. Just stuff that you listen to when you're dancing with the rats. Uh, Lady Gaga. Old Lady Gaga, for sure. Some old Britney. Mm -hmm. No one be hating on my girl Britney. I'll come after you. <laughs> free Britney. Uh <laughs> I was just going to say, how do you feel about that? Free right? Britney. Free Britney. It's, free, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I know. And then also Rise Against. Rise Against. Love it. Hidden Talents. Ooh. I guess the piano might be a hidden talent because I just admitted that most people don't know that about me is that I play the piano. I like it. What are you playing on the piano these days? I like to play classical music because I love classical music. I was hoping you'd say that because Chopin is one of my favorite. Frederick mm -hmm. Chopin. Uh, I just listened to his classical piano etudes. Oh, man. It's I so have so many vinyl of classical records. It's my favorite to put on to just de-stress. I always put on classical. Love that. Love that. Can I, oh, so I'm so sorry. I'm not supposed yeah. to do this. This is your moment. Can I okay. tell a funny story? Yes, of course. Okay, so I was working in Nashville. I just landed in Nashville and I needed a gig. So I worked at this music warehouse where we used to uh, archive music in, in CD format. I know it's weird. Anyway. Okay. Working in this big warehouse and uh, Frederick Chopin CDs come up, right? And this uh, young lady working with me, she looks at all these CDs and she goes, Chaplin, what's Chaplin? <laughs> and I said, I said, let me see that. 
I said, no, dear, there's no L. It's Chopin. It's, it's <laughs> Chopin. Oh my gosh. That's so I mean, that's funny. funny. Right? I'm sorry. That yeah. Is, yeah, no, that's funny. No, that's, that's funny. Yeah. No, I love, I love classical music. It's, yes. Yes. it's how I de-stress for sure. Amen. Same here. Okay. Now back to you, Jennifer Smith. Okay. Guilty food pleasure. Ooh. Guilty pleasure food. Guilty pleasure food. Um, I wouldn't say guilty pleasure. I mean, I love pizza and Mexican food. I mean, I only work out so I can eat. It has nothing to do with being tiny. <laughs> I, mean, I only work out so I can eat and drink. Let's be real. It has nothing. I don't actually like working out. I'll just do spin. Not I'm part. Of, I'm not part of a spin cult. I just go so I can like drink and eat. That's the only reason I go. I go, just think of the cupcakes. Just think of the cupcakes. Go faster for the cupcakes. Now you can have two cupcakes. <laughs> I love that. Ding, 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 ding. Perfect segue. What is your favorite libation drink of choice? Ooh, um, I do love vodka sodas. It's also known as a skinny bitch, which is hilarious that a bartender friend of mine was like, oh, you like skinny bitches. And I was like, excuse me. She's like vodka soda. So vodka soda to lime. I also love wine and champagne because I'm a little bit bougie. Ah, I love that. Okay. Favorite city. Ooh, Tel Aviv. Ooh, that's I've never heard that. This is like episode 120 or 30 something. I've never heard Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is my favorite city in the world. You've been there. Do you have roots there? Are you a family? I, I've been to Tel Aviv a fair amount and um, I have friends that live there. So Israel is my favorite country to visit in the world. I can't wait to go back. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. And speaking of friends, your friends would say you are, besides a little bougie, I'm actually not bougie, but you know, <laughs> I'm pretty laid back. <laughs> I say you don't seem bougie at all. <laughs> um, my friends would say my gosh, what is usually what people say with this? I don't even know. It's like a hard uh, one. My friends would say I'm quiet. My friends would say I'm obnoxious. My friends would say I'm annoying. My friends would say I laugh too much. I don't know. Oh. Oh, my friends would definitely say that uh, I'm, what did they, oh, one of my friends said this once, what did she say? She said something along the lines of, y you're always the unexpected. You can never, like, you're always on the unexpected. I like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't look like I own pet rats. Yeah, well, I, I don't know what a pet rat person looks like, but people, I get that all the time. You don't look like you own pet rats. I'm like, well, I don't know what that means, but okay. First of all, I would never say that to anyone. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's come up not by you, but by a lot of people when they find out I have a pet rat. That is crazy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you work in the entertainment business. I do. I, and I love it. Yes. However, what entertains you? Ooh, what entertains me? I love a good book. I love to read. I love a good book. Are we talking fiction, nonfiction, mystery? What are we talking? Depends on my mood. Okay. Depends on my mood. I mean, I love historical fiction like every other girl, but I love historical fiction. A good book, that entertains me. Also, uh, watching rat TV because my rats are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Song or band or artist that literally changed your life? You're like, oh my God, this, it's over. It's done. I can't believe it. That's a really hard one. I'm trying to think. Was it the Madonna album from Russia? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Right. Oh, I know. The first time I heard Guns N' Roses when I was four. 
Mm. My dad was is a huge Guns N' Roses fan. At our at my wedding, our father daughter dance was the vi- violin string quartet version of "Sweet Child of Mine." Ooh, that's awesome! That was our first da- uh, our father daughter dance. What a beautiful song! Oh, yeah, and and I, um, I mean, you know, just to make you feel. Ah, young and me even older i think the first time i heard guns and roses i was probably 16 so whatever okay it's fine fine <laughs> you may need to mean to make you feel old it's totally fine <laughs> i know i've always laughed like personally i'm like a rock girl at heart i love rock music hardcore yeah. you know but i love it me too i i mean i grew up on eddie van halen that's why i started mm-hmm. guitar you know anyway whatever okay. i love that you went guitar and i went well my mom used to play the piano so that would explain why i went piano there you go so there you go yep all right you've collaborated with a lot of great people a lot of great uh production companies and 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 big you know the biggest of the big you've done all kinds of crazy stuff your dream collaboration that perhaps hasn't happened yet that you you'd be like man i'd love to do this okay um my dream one of my dream collaborations so I would love, so one of my dreams is I want to work on a lot of horror films because horror films will mostly hire men. And I don't want, I want to, one of my legacies, I want to be the queen of horror. Neat. Because I love the horror genre and it's a very important genre. And all the big, like all the big films, they only hire men. So I would love, if you're listening out there, to hire you know, hire a female music supervisor, people. What's wrong with that? We got to change that. That's some bull, mm-hmm. man. Come yep. on. That's I want to be on a big horror franchise as the music supervisor. Dunzo. Well, look, yeah. it's got to happen. Well, look, look at uh, uh, my my dude uh, Quentin Tarantino and his girl. Uh, she's the big supervisor. I can't think. Yeah, right. Mary Ramos. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Well, come on. She's she's a, a trailblazer just like you, and you can make it happen. Oh, I'm honored you put me in the same category as her. Yes. day. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I would love, you know, I mean, like Candyman, right? I All those big films, those big remakes and stuff. Like, why aren't there women female? Why aren't there women music supervisors? Actually, on top of that, I also want to do a superhero movie. Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman were music supervised by men. What's up with that? So yeah. I want my own franchise i want my own you know hero superhero film yeah. or tv show as well well you're gonna get it yes gonna thank get you it. i'm putting that out in the universe everyone <laughs> love it love it and, and and on that note okay all puns intended yeah. <laughs> <laughs> finally uh now i this question is for career musicians because that's what we are the career musician but you know what i consider you to be a career musician Aww. because you're involved in the making of music and mm-hmm. multi- yeah, I mean, I, if- I know I love, I love working on a good original song. I love working with composers. I love all that stuff. It's yeah, so if, fun. If it weren't for you guys, we, us musicians wouldn't get all these great opportunities. So that being said, if you weren't a career musician or a career music supervisor, musician, et cetera, dot, 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 mm-hmm. what would you be? Cartoon character. Love it. Th- th- you answered that so quickly, you're the first. <laughs> <laughs> well, cartoon character. It's true, I do. If I could be, you know, be awesome if I was a minion, how cool would that be? Oh, <laughs> uh, my daughter and I, we love the minions. Who doesn't love the minions? If you don't love the minions, we can't talk. That means you have no sense of humor. It means you have no soul. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
more soulless person than you. <laughs> Don't pitch me music if you hate the minions. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I heard that it's like a, an amalgamation of like French and Spanish and a couple of little. Yeah, it's it's all these things. It's all these things. I just I love them so much. I have a problem. <laughs> so cool. So cool. So we'll need a a, a Gen S R D P minion character. Oh my gosh. Well, actually, do you remember in the Minions movie, there was a rat that Bob became friends with? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I got very excited about that. That's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> All right. Jennifer Smith, once again, thank you so much for being our guest. And you can find Jennifer at ratdanceparty.com and her same handle for Instagram. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.